Welcome to the Strong, Fit and Free podcast. I'm your host, Alessia Donato, certified strength and nutrition coach, personal trainer and opinionated Italian free spirit. After a lifelong battle with IBS, I successfully regained my health and built a strong and fit body from the inside out through relentless studying and research in holistic nutrition, as well as testing and applying health and fitness principles on myself. In 2016, I left a successful 10-year corporate career in the beauty industry that left me burnt out, sick and unfulfilled and took the leap into the unknown. I traveled for a year on a backpacking trip that changed the course of my life and pushed me to eventually follow my passion to becoming a health and fitness coach and set up my online coaching practice, Alessia D Coaching. I help fit conscious women get to the core of their health struggles, set attainable goals, develop a personalized plan and hold them accountable for transforming their lives. The destination is the same, but each person's journey is different. On the Strong, Fit and Free podcast, we get open and honest about what it takes to build a strong and fit body from the inside out, talking all things health and fitness, mindset, no-nonsense nutrition, how to live life on your own terms, and a sprinkle of girl talk here and there. Join us on the journey to becoming strong, fit, and free. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Strong, Fit, and Free podcast. I'm Alessia, your host, and this week we are talking all about the top nutritional challenges that most people have, and I'm going to share with you some tips on how to actually fix those challenges. And these are actually very common challenges that I think loads of people that I speak to on a regular basis, whether they are clients friends, family members, most of these people have a very similar challenge when it comes to nutrition. And guess what? What foods to eat is definitely not on this spectrum. There are no questions. Most people don't ask me, hey, Alessia, what is the best food to eat? What I don't know what to eat. Most people know what they need to eat. Most people know that they need to eat enough protein, they need to eat vegetables, and they you know, have to drink water. Like All of these things most people know about already, right? There's definitely not a shortage of information on this. However, the top nutritional challenges that I find most people struggle with um, are usually around different things when it comes to things like meal planning, lack of time, cravings, emotional and stress eating, having a sweet tooth, um, you know, drinking alcohol too often, um, you know, basically things like snacking too much and lack of planning. Those are the most kind of popular problems. Most most of the problems that I see on a regular basis over and over again. And number one is definitely emotional and stress eating, especially recently with the whole coronavirus. Um, so I thought I'd come on here this week to actually talk about the top six nutritional challenges and how you can overcome them. So let's dive in. The first one is actually 
the most popular one and that is definitely related to emotional eating and i can't stop stress eating um and emotional eating and so this is definitely definitely the number one challenge that most of my clients struggle with um whether it comes to um stress eating after a long day at work or emotional eating after you know having a fight with your husband or your loved one or just in general like having too much on your plate um feeling burnt out and feeling really stressed like you're kind of on this hamster wheel um and turning to food to sort of numb that that pain because essentially it is a pain right so this is actually the number one challenge and the biggest thing that i find when it comes to emotional eating is that food is obviously not the issue um food is not the problem it's the symptom and so emotional eating is the symptom of a deeper problem that most people are avoiding so what happens when we turn to food to sort of deal with other things that are going on in our lives is that we are using it as a crutch and it's just like alcohol and drugs sex um compulsive behaviors um you know anything that we use as a way to numb the pain is a symptom and not the problem. And so what most people do is that they they tackle the symptom and not the underlying problem. So when you struggle with emotional eating and stress eating, you might turn around and, you know, try and fix that with going on a diet or turning around and fixing it and trying to get rid of this 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 um you know compulsive behavior with eliminating food groups and um giving yourself unnecessary restrictions around food because you think that that is going to fix the problem however it's actually not going to do any of that it's actually going to make things a lot worse and what you do need to do is you need to look at what's underneath and what's causing the emotional eating what's causing you to abandon yourself and your needs and turn to food right so i'll give you an example so um that might not even really be related to necessarily um eating but it's very similar so let's say you're having a really stressed day at work and you have generally most days very stressful schedules and you're always running around um you have a lot on your plate uh, <clears throat> and you come home at the end of the day and you decide that you know you just oh, you're too stressed out to cook you're hungry and you order food and then you order food and you know you you order whatever you feel like it on the menu and then you sit on the couch and you turn on Netflix and you just sit and you watch whatever you know shows that are on and maybe you even binge watch a couple of episodes finish your food continue watching a bit more and then even maybe in between 
you grab your phone while your your Netflix is still playing in the background, you grab your phone and you start scrolling through Instagram. And you do this until you fall asleep. Then the next day, it's repeat again. So this is a very common situation that a lot of us have fallen into. And don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here preaching. I do a lot of this very often as well. When I am stressed out, I tend to kind of want to check out of my feelings of stress and numb myself with either food or Netflix or something that mind, uh, uh, numbs my mind, like you know, social media scrolling. But the longer we do this, the more we are evading what needs the what needs to be addressed, which is the stress, the fact that we have this very stressful job and we aren't managing our time well, we are not taking care of ourselves, we're not putting up boundaries with you know our coworkers or our bosses, um, and we are taking on more than we can handle, and we are you know burning out, burning the candle at both ends, and then stuffing that feeling of stress and you know burnout with food and other things that you know, like Netflix and scrolling, because it's just so much easier. So instead of, you know, um, giving in to this emotional situation and high stress situation and finding ways to avoid what's going on and avoid having to make hard decisions when it comes to our lifestyle, we need to address the problem, okay? So you need to identify the trigger and you need to disrupt the pattern of behavior and make a different choice. And believe me, this isn't easy because if it was easy, we'd all be okay and we'd all be doing it, but it's possible and you need to decide if that's important. So if you struggle with emotional and stress eating on a regular basis, and you are noticing this pattern that it's 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 you know the stress happens then you you turn to food you need to identify what is that trigger and the trigger is diff- it's going to be different for everybody some people it might be um you know lack of boundaries and when someone steps over that boundary you feel like you can't handle that confrontation with that person to stand your ground so you turn to food as a way to numb that discomfort another possible trigger could be a fight or a situation where you are um, confronting with something uncomfortable with a person it could be a fight an argument um something that you know triggers an emotional response and the only way to soothe that pain you turn to food and another very common trigger is um basically when you're really really tired because you're stressed out you instead of taking that rest you turn to food instead um so these are just some you know examples of possible triggers that can cause this stress and emotional eating and this is what you need to address you don't need to address the eating itself you need to address the underlying problem that trigger so once you found your trigger 
um, you can disrupt that pattern. So as soon as you know your trigger, you know that what comes after that trigger is you eating. So you need to disrupt it and make a different choice. So in this case, what you could do is you can disrupt the pat pattern of eating with going for a walk or drinking a glass of water or brushing your teeth or calling a friend and talking things out or speaking your mind and drawing boundaries and saying no. When you know you can't take on any more, you say, no, I cannot do this. This is reinforcing your boundaries and this is causing a um, neurological switch in your brain. And the more you do this, the better it will get, the easier it'll get and the less and less you will turn to food as that crutch. So you have to make that different choice. So this is literally the number one challenge when it comes to people not being able to stick to their goals, to um, stick to their fat loss um, journey or any, you know, nutrition, the nutrition plan that they've decided to put into place. They can't stick to it because they are so strong, highly strung with a very stressful lifestyle that they are constantly self-sabotaging themselves with emotional eating. So uh, a couple of really you know, helpful tips that I find is to journal. So journaling can really help you identify your uh, patterns of behavior, your triggers. Um, and also you can keep a diary uh, where you write your trigger and then you actually write out what kind of behavior you want to replace that with, the different choice you want to make. Um, and then you can use that the next time that happens. So um, these are some of the most, you know, the, the biggest tips that I can give you when it comes to stress and emotional eating is stop looking at it as a food problem and look at the problem that's underneath. You've got to address the elephant in the room. You can't just keep um, avoiding it because it's only just going to keep coming up, keep coming up. It doesn't go away until you address the problem. Your body is using this scenario as a way to get your attention. So this is really important and you need to identify those triggers. All right, number two, nutrition challenge number two is that I, I get a lot of people that say I don't plan my meals and then I'm left kind of like scrambling for, you know, orders and takeouts. And most people struggle with lack of planning. And I actually went on um, Instagram stories yesterday to talk about why you need to plan, because if you don't plan, you are just shooting in the dark. So, um, a lot of people struggle with lack of planning and just like anything in life if you don't plan you're going to pretty much find yourself either really stressed out or making poor choices um even like if i compare it to like going on a vacation and not really planning your vacation you're more than likely to spend more money than you would be um usually used to because you haven't budgeted properly you might not have the best time because you haven't planned where to go you haven't booked things in advance and so you might be left with a lot of disappointments right so planning is really important and this is the same when it comes to uh, your nutrition and your diet and your fitness and planning your basically planning your schedule 
So um, what does planning look like? I mean, it's going to look very different for everybody. However, if you're that type of person that has nothing in place right now and you have no meal plan in place, you have no schedule when it comes to your fitness, you don't want to go in like straight you know, into the hard stuff um, and over plan because you're most likely going to fall flat on your face. You want to start slowly. So start with something very, very simple. So if you've never planned your meals, one way that you can do is you can start planning your breakfast. So in advance, the night before, plan your breakfast. This could look like making overnight oats um, by mixing oats with some milk or some water and um, adding some fruit, putting it in the fridge. The next day, it's ready to go. It's, it's all soaked and delicious. You can put it in the microwave, make it warm, or you can eat it cold. It tastes so good. So this is a one like really, really simple way to just start somewhere planning your breakfast, especially if you're the kind of person that wakes up late and you're rushing out the door and you grab something in the 7-Eleven next to your office and it's usually a croissant and you don't want to be eating that junk right on a day-to-day basis because you're going to feel shitty. So planning your breakfast is a great way to start. Um, Start small, remember? Another thing is that if you don't... um, you know, generally you don't grocery shop for the week and you tend to kind of buy random stuff here and there and order a lot of takeout, then you want to start with on the weekends, take a couple of hours to go grocery shopping, make a list of the foods that you want to eat that week, keep it simple, Um, pick a couple of vegetables and fruit, pick a couple of protein sources, a couple of carb sources and some, um, you know, from fun foods, if you want to add those in, some uh, herbs and spices, and that's it. Go grocery shopping and take that afternoon to prep, you know, some lunches, some dinners, chop up your veggies, prepare things so they are there ready for you to grab when you're hungry. Um, You don't want to leave everything to anything to chance. You don't want to... um, put yourself in a situation where you're not prepared and it's the same with your fitness right so if you don't currently have a fitness routine um i wouldn't tell you to like go and deadlift you know in the gym five times a week no i would tell you to start walking start planning a simple walk every single day after work schedule it in like you would schedule in any other important um important uh appointment, right? So most people don't value or view fitness and training like they value and view everything else in their life. Like most people, they just, you know, they they put fitness at the very end of their schedule. So like if I have some time, I will work out. No, 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 no. We can't do this. Your body is valuable. Your health means everything. If you don't have your health, You can't be your best. You can't show up for other people. You cannot, um, you know, build the business of your dreams. You can't be the best version of yourself if your body is falling apart on the inside, if you have aches and pains, if you constantly get tired throughout the day and sluggish. You can't. The most successful business people on the planet have an amazing nutrition and fitness routine. 
So you are no less. You have to decide, is this important? And you need to schedule it in and you must not break this schedule with yourself. So start with something easy, a 15 minute walk, then bump it up to twice a week, go to the gym, then bump it up to three times a week and so forth. So have a plan. Don't find yourself, um, you know, without one, because this is so key. You'll be amazed at how simple this approach can transform the quality of your life just by planning, scheduling things in, making time for your priorities. All right, guys. So that was number two. Now let's move on to nutrition challenge number three, which is eating too fast. Now, I am super guilty of this. I wolf down my food very, very fast. Like, it literally, I inhale my food. But it's not good, guys. And you've got to be mindful. And this is one of those things that comes up a lot with people with digestive issues. So if you get, you know, struggle with bloating or you struggle with stomachache after eating or feelings of really too, like, you feel too full, um, you've got to look at, are you eating slowly and mindfully? So when it comes to wolfing down our food, two things come to mind. Number one is digestive issues and number two is eating too much. So if you're struggling with fat loss and you're struggling with um, eating far too many portion sizes, like your portion sizes are too big, you're most likely also eating too fast. Um, so this is actually the number one issue when it comes to um, fat loss because it's directly linked to eating too much. Because when you wolf down your food, you don't allow your digestive system to work efficiently. So digestion begins in the mouth, okay? It begins in the mouth with the digestion of carbohydrates. Your saliva is responsible for digesting carbohydrates and the first enzyme that is released in the saliva to digest food is amylase which is the um it's the enzyme that is responsible for digesting carbohydrates now if you don't allow enough time to chew your amylase is not being released and therefore you wolf down your food you swallow it down and so you are essentially skipping one part of the digestion process. So you're slowing down your digestion process and you're actually causing a lot more stress on your digestive system in the long run because now it has to make up for what lacked in the mouth while you wolf down that food, right? So number one is you've got to slow down. Start chewing your food, consciously slowing down, um, taking a breath or two between your bites, putting your fork down, slowly savoring each bite essentially because that is not only going to improve your digestive system and the way it runs and functions, but it's also going to allow your digestive system to register when you are full. So when you wolf down food too fast, you actually are causing... Um, Obviously, your digestive system to slow down, but you're actually suppressing your um, your your uh, your hormones to 
basically stop you from feeling full. So this means that you're wolfing down food and you're, there's no signals, right? Your signals are not working. And so now you are eating so much because you're not allowing time for your digestive system to say, okay, well, actually I'm done now. I'm not hungry anymore. But because you're wolfing down that food, you're not allowing your body to do that proper, that process properly. And so you end up eating far too much or more than you should be eating more calories, bigger portion sizes. So um, you will just end up eating less without even feeling deprived if you slow down and become more mindful. So if portion control is, you know, a problem for you and digestive issues are a problem for you, you got to look at whether you're eating too quickly. So just slow down and be more mindful of how fast you're eating. Now, challenge number four is sweet tooth, okay? Cravings. Now, this, I probably should have put this at number two, but it's at number four. This is not necessarily in the most, you know, popular order, but having a serious sweet tooth is something that I can definitely, definitely relate to because I have a sweet tooth and a lot of us do, but a sweet tooth is actually not necessarily a hindrance, but more of, again, a symptom of something that is lacking, okay? So it's not that you're born with a sweet tooth and you can't get rid of it and you're just stuck with it and you just can't deal with it. No, 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 no. It's because something is missing in your diet. Now, I'm not talking about, um, you know, certain nutrients that are missing in particular. I'm, maybe you've heard of the this, this common notion that if you crave chocolate, you're lacking in magnesium and so forth. No, no, I'm not talking about that. That's actually been debunked. Um, however, if you have a serious sweet tooth and you generally crave a lot of sugar, it's because you are lacking in protein. Your diet is lacking in protein and protein is the single most important macronutrient that we need. Guess what? Our body needs protein, no matter what. Protein, number one. Number two, our hormones need fat. Carbohydrates are non-essential. That's right, guys. Carbohydrates are non-essential macronutrient, which means we don't need carbohydrates to survive. We don't. Our body can very, very easily make carb um, very easily take energy from fat and protein and make glucose out of that very very simply um, through a a process called gluconeogenesis and this process can be very easily done and you know we don't need carbohydrates but carbohydrates are not necessarily needed but they are um, strategic and they are, you know, a, a macronutrient that I don't like excluding. Okay. They're part of the parcel. They're part of the equation, but not necessarily an important part of the equation. And this is also depending on the case, depending on who you are, your metabolism, your hormonal function, and the kind of lifestyle that you lead. So carbohydrates are generally Um, needed if you are a serious athlete or you are very, very active. 
But if you're not very active and you're quite sedentary and you don't exercise a whole lot that much, you don't really need those, those carbohydrates because your body doesn't require them. So when you have a serious sweet tooth, your blood sugar is completely out of balance. And so what happens is you're constantly craving sugar because you're giving it sugar and then your your blood sugar shoots up and then it shoots back down. And then again, you need again that high, that hit of carbohydrates. And so when you do this and you're lacking in protein, the protein is what slows down the carbohydrates entering your cells. So instead of just carbohydrates being you know, the only fuel, you want to add protein. So if you are struggling with a sweet tooth, you've got to look at how much protein you're getting. And I swear to God, guys, like I speak to so many women on a day-to-day basis and most women are getting less than 50 grams of protein a day. And this is just simply not enough. It's not enough. And that's why we have women struggling with hormonal problems, why we've got women struggling with lack of strength, no muscle mass, um, fat gain, and um, adrenal fatigue, and just, you know, being on this cardio sort of cardio, they're, they're basically cardio bunnies, and feeling tired and you know constantly dieting because their protein intake is so incredibly low they are running on this crazy blood sugar roller coaster and of course they're they're constantly craving sweets because it's that sugar high it's that kick that your blood sugar needs to be stable again So we don't want to rely on carbohydrates throughout the day. We want to rely on protein and carbohydrates should be used as a strategic macro only when you need them, all right, and in a balanced fashion. So if you're struggling with cravings, start paying attention to making sure that you have protein at each meal, a serving of protein at each meal and that includes snacks by the way not just main meals but snacks as well i find that a lot of women they tend to gravitate towards um fruit as a snack which there's nothing wrong with that but pair it up with a protein source as well to slow down that sugar that glucose and the fructose in the sugar that it's going to go straight into your blood and it's going to shoot that blood sugar up whereas if you pair it up with protein it will be much more balanced and make better choices as well so if you struggle with a serious sweet tooth you also have to decide what is important to you is it really important to you to give in every single time if you have a child and this child always wants a you know a, 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 wants their own way are you always going to give in No, right? So why are you doing the same thing to yourself? You need to start putting some boundaries. You need to start saying, I don't need this. I don't need it in my diet. I don't need to always have um, something sweet after every single meal. It's just habit, right? So break that habit, make a better choice. And maybe even if you are that type of person that, you know, you tend to get serious sweet tooth when you go uh, grocery shopping um, and then you, you know, end up picking up a packet of Oreos or, you know, pieces of chocolate. Instead of grabbing that, grab a piece of fruit and have that instead. 
making better choices. All right, let's move on to nutrition challenge number five. And this is, I think, probably really popular um, with people that live in Dubai because we have such a variety of restaurants. And if you're a foodie, this is going to be one that you cha- you you have a challenge with the most, and that's eating out a lot. So if you're that type of person that is constantly eating out um, more than two to three times a week, in fact, that's already quite a lot. Like more than once a week is is a lot already. But ordering out, takeout, or eating out in a restaurant, it's kind of the same thing. So basically, not eating home cooked food. Um, this is actually a big, big challenge that a lot of people struggle with, um, especially those that don't like cooking or generally people that are very busy living corporate lifestyles. Um, it's just easier. You know, you've got all these meetings and you're eating out in a restaurant or a cafe or you um, have, you know, a, another business dinner and then you travel and you eat in a restaurant or, or hotel. Like this is mostly common with people that are very busy with their corporate life and corporate jobs. Um, But, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't make better choices when it comes to eating out. So number one is that you, you actually want to decide what is important to you. And this is just this is just the hard part of it. You've got to decide what's more important, your physique goals or your health goals or eating out. You've just got to decide. And this is the first thing that I've I've mentioned because even before giving you tips, because priorities, right? Priorities. At the end of the day, you know, you've got to decide what's important to you. And the second thing is you want to actually decide prior Um, how you plan to show up when it comes to eating out a lot. So you want to ask things like, is this a special occasion where you kind of have or you want the freedom to indulge? So for example, if this is a special occasion like a birthday or um, someone's special engagement party or, you know, your, your, I don't know, grandma's 92nd birthday or something, you know, that's special like Thanksgiving, Christmas, these kinds of things, then sure thing, you can give yourself that freedom to indulge. Or for example, you are going to be invited to a very unique restaurant and you haven't eaten out in a long time and you really want to just like test everything and enjoy yourself, then fine, it's worth it, right? But if you're just, again, going to yet the same restaurant that you've been to so many times and it's become a habit, is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Is that cheesecake really worth it for the hundredth time this month? Not necessarily, right? Um, Would you prefer that your choice aligns with your healthy eating? So for example, if you have this drive and this this you want you know to change your body you want to get better you want to you know make better choices does this choice align with your wants and your goals and if it doesn't then you can pass it up you can say no nothing is going to fall apart the world will not end um 
look, there's no right or wrong answer here. It's entirely subjective. But deciding ahead of time can help you stay focused and avoid kind of like being distracted by this delicious piece of cheesecake and not being able to say no, right? So one thing that I find is that if you absolutely do need to eat out, um, you know, maybe you're traveling a lot for business or you just can't get out of that, you know, 10th business dinner of the week, then you have to decide how you can actually make things better for yourself. So instead of just going all out and saying, screw it, and just ordering whatever's on the menu without even thinking about it, see if you can make better choices that will reduce the calorie load. Um, Number one is choosing lean protein. So making sure that you're always choosing some type of protein um, as your main dish. Um, And I always find that if you decide ahead of time that you're only going to have one meal, you're not going to have like three courses, um, it's going to just become so much easier deciding ahead of time because when you get there, you're going to want to have more. So decide I'm only going to have one meal and one dessert or one starter and one main meal and I'll skip dessert. Like decide beforehand. Make sure that every single meal that you choose has a lean protein. Obviously, when it comes to dessert, that's not going to happen. But you know what I mean, right? So choosing that lean protein, chicken breast, fish, see if you can get a lean cut, Um, avoid really fatty cuts of meat, really fatty cuts of fish like salmon. Generally, the portion sizes are massive and you could be looking at, you know, spending like 900 calories of a piece of salmon and that's just the salmon. So just be aware that it's much easier to start with lean protein and then order a plant rich dish as well. So, uh, you know, order a side of vegetables, a salad, um, some steamed broccoli, whatever it is, that's going to really fill you up. It's got a lot of fiber and it's going to make you um, eat less anyway. You want to kind of avoid breaded and fried foods. This eliminates a lot of poor choices. So, for example, if you're looking at, um, you know, breaded chicken or breaded deep fried tempuras, just avoid those altogether because that is going to, you know, really set you back a lot of calories for no reason because they're just fried in so much oil and that means you're consuming so much unnecessary calories. Um, You can also ask for dressings on the side. Um, And just use your fork to kind of add the dressing sparingly um, because, again, dressings will set you back a lot of calories. Um, Eating slowly and mindfully. Remember, we talked about this, not wolfing down your food and stopping when you're about 80% full. And this is, again, linked to being mindful and not overeating because when you're out, it's so easy to overeat because the food is different. It's made different. It's usually filled with a lot of ingredients that make the food delicious, right? And that's why they do it. Um, So it's really hard to stop eating because the food tastes so good. So try and stop when you're 80% full. And these are just some of the tips that I find will really help cut back a lot on unnecessarily calories because honestly it's so easy to consume about 1500 calories in one meal sometimes even 2000 calories that is a more than a day's worth sometimes for a lot of people of their calorie and energy allotment in just one meal guys and if you add alcohol 
game over. It's like so much more. So see if you can find ways, if you do eat out a lot, to make it a lot more healthier for you. All right, we're coming to the end of the last nutrition challenge, number six, which is I don't have time to prepare meals. And this is kind of linked to I don't plan or not having um, a plan in action, but I don't have time to prep is a big one. And here's the thing, guys. Again, it comes down to priorities. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. We all have the exact same hours. Why is it that some people who might be even busier than us can fit things in and some of us just don't because of time management? So if you're saying that you don't have time, it's not that you don't have time. It's that you don't know how to plan. You don't know how to to actually prepare your meals. So in your head, it feels like this massive mammoth task, but it's not really. So you need to look at time management here first before you even decide to start planning and prepping your meals. But if you're making zero meals right now at home and you're not planning anything, could you find time to make just one meal each week? One. That's it. One. Breakfast. Right? We spoke about this before. Planning one, maybe even two, snacks, very simple, plan your snacks. And then each week you add another and another and another until you've decided that you feel confident to plan all meals, right? If you're making three now, could you make time to make four? Make time for what's important to you. Just like I said, you've got to schedule that time in for your workout. Just like I said that you've got to schedule those days in. You've got to do the same to plan and prep your meals. This is really important, all right? So if you can make just one extra meal, you'll be taking that positive action to change your behavior and improve your health. How much more um, confident will you feel at the end of the week when you've done all of this? right? So meal prepping doesn't have to be extremely elaborate. You do not have to prep these fancy meals. You can simply prep very simple meals. You can prep, you know, all your, your, you can bulk cook rice. You can um, chop up all your veggies. You can, um, like I said, make overnight oats you know, the night before, you can boil a bunch of eggs, you can, you know, cook a bunch of protein and freeze it, or you can like separate your meats and freeze it so they're ready to go. So there's so many ways that you can make your life easier. You don't have to sit and make like five different recipes and five different meals and put them all into containers like, you know, those meal prepping gods. You just need to make your life easier by prepping a few things and you'll get better and better each time and you'll get more confident, right? The more you get confident, the more you will do it and the better you'll get. Remember progress, not perfection. All right, guys. So that brings me to the end of this week's episode. And I really hope that you've enjoyed, you know, listening to some of the most common challenges that people have. And I'm sure you've found a lot of these, you know, 
very common with the ones that you're struggling with as well. And I've given you a few tips and tricks. And remember that you can always get in touch with me if you have any questions. Follow me on Instagram, Alessia D underscore coaching. All the links will be in the show notes. And don't forget that you can grab your free recipe guide, 15 high protein recipes. Um, with all the macronutrient breakdown and my fitness barcode, um, my fitness pal barcode that you can scan and it will easily just track everything for you in the show notes. So grab your freebie and I hope that you found this week's episode you know, helpful, right? Because that's why I do this. And please stay tuned for the next episode. I'm going to be bringing another guest on the show. So I'm excited. And I hope you have an amazing week ahead. And I will see you in the next episode. Stay happy and healthy.